cover the artist's way by julia cameron um i'm not gonna lie i started this book about a month or two ago just before quarantine happened um and initially i was really committed to doing this that's actually one of the reasons we started talking about covering this book um and about like five or six days in is when quarantine started to happen so um my routine kind of went off kilter and it continues to remain off kilter because coronavirus um and all of the stuff that comes with that for me a lot of it is anxiety a lot of my anxiety sorry that was me plugging in my phone to my computer um a lot of my anxiety manifests in either two different ways very Taurus like of me either I become really complacent and not do anything all day or plan to do things and only do maybe one or two of them or I have really intense um, intense feelings of wanting to be really productive and that'll last for like a day or two and then day three I feel good about being so productive that I stop doing things and then it's, it's, it's a repetitive cycle. Like I said, I'm a Taurus. Um, it's all or nothing really with me. Um, but so for this first week, we're covering the basic tools. That's the first chapter of the book. Of course, there's an introduction. I really highly recommend you read everything. Um, I love the introduction. One of the things that I find most helpful, especially when I'm reading a book like this, um, is to read everything, um, obviously in small increments, but to go through and highlight Um, important passages things that stick out to you Um, sometimes for me it's inspirational passages that might help me look back on this later if I want to um, relearn something or 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 go deeper into a concept Um, or one of the great things about this book is that there's um, little little quotes on the side by amazing thinkers and artists and um scientists and and creative people who are creative um inspirations um so like i said i I usually go through and highlight um those quotes or or main ideas from certain paragraphs in case i ever want to get back into the book at a later date and and mostly take the stuff that means a little bit more than a lot of the um, analogies and and other anecdotes that are in here I want to get the good nuggets of wisdom and, and really dig deeper into those concepts um, but today we're covering the basic tools that's the first chapter um, this chapter is really interesting because it's kind of introducing um, the whole concept the the whole commitment that is required of this book the introduction kind of covers a little bit more about how Julia Cameron got into this and this is the actual work is chapter one the basic tools um so the two concepts covered in this chapter are morning pages and i am turning the pages as you can hear um i believe the artist date that's what it's officially called um 
which are two concepts I think are really great. Um, to be honest, I tried to do this um, this first week. It did not go as well as I had planned, um, mainly because I need to stop planning things, but we're going to get into that. So this covers the morning pages. Um, morning pages are basically a commitment to write three pages of anything, of everything, um, of stream of consciousness writing. Um, and the purpose of this is really to get ourselves out of our heads. Um, uh, basically, Julia Cameron covers... Uh, this character that she calls the censor because this is the the voice in our heads that tries to censor um your work so for me particularly I'm a writer and a lot of the time I talk myself out of writing stuff while I'm in the middle of writing it um and that's there's a little voice in my head usually I'll be writing a paragraph and I'm just I'm just going and going but I'm always uh going back a couple sentences thinking no that doesn't sound right or like no what that sounds kind of dumb um let me see if I can refigure it another way and it ends up taking me longer than if I just wrote the damn thing with a terrible first draft um so this sensor uh is usually put away I guess in a sense when we do these morning pages so the, the morning pages allow us to get out everything <laughs> all the things that are kind of prohibiting us from um having a creative flow of energy that um isn't inhibited that has all of these negative thoughts of i'm not good enough uh, i'm not doing enough um that's my dog in the background you might hear some stuff in the background it's quarantine i'm not alone um but anyway so um yeah so some of the great um quotes that i i got from this chapter are yes so one of the quotes on my in my book it's page 13 but one of the quotes that I thought was really great was who wouldn't be who wouldn't be blocked if every time you tiptoed in the open somebody made fun of you i.e your censor um which is, I think, a great way of analogizing how your sensor can inhibit you from doing any kind of creativity, whether that's writing, acting, dancing. I know that that's usually what gets me out of spending a day just sitting with myself and writing. Um, so... A big part of the morning pages is that it's non-negotiable. You have to do them. You have to do them completely. You're not supposed to skip them or skimp on them. Your mood doesn't matter. The This is directly from the book. It says, the rotten thing your censor says doesn't matter. We have this idea that we need to be in the mood to write. We don't. Um, which changed a lot for me because <laughs> I feel like, um, I think as artists, a lot of the time we can often think that Creativity comes from a spark of inspiration, and that's simply not true. That's not sustainable for us as a, a, a um, career-wise as artists. If an artist only made work every time a stroke of inspiration came about, then we would never have as many great artists as we do today. Um, and I think this this chapter particularly, but mostly just the morning pages, um, 
really kind of reminds me that creativity takes practice more than it takes genius, you know? Um, I'm going to go ahead and read some more quotes from this chapter. Morning pages do get us to the other side, the other side of our fear, of our negativity, of our moods. Above all, they get us beyond our censor. Beyond the reach of the censor's babble, we find our own quiet center, the place where we hear the still, small voice uh, that is at once our creator's and our own. Um, which I thought is interesting. Something that Julia Cameron talks about a lot is the creator, quote-unquote. Um, and she also kind of reminds people that you don't have to believe in, like, a god so to speak, but you can believe in like a higher power that that creativity comes from someplace else. It doesn't come from within you. It comes from some place. So one of um, an example that I have, um, and I truly believe this, um, I had a teacher, one of my playwriting teachers, she was really lovely, um, Patricia Lowry. I love her. And the way that she describes um, beginning a story is, she has this need to start a story, whatever it is, and it's kind of like there's a factory belt above her, and she kind of just reaches up and grabs a story, and she doesn't even know really what it is yet. She can't really make out what it is. She has to find it in the writing, um, and I think that's true for a lot of artists. Um, it might not be your process, but I think it's a really interesting way of looking at it to think that the stories that you're telling are not necessarily ones that come from your brain. Maybe they are. Maybe it is something that you decide to do, whether it's about your life or, or something that happened that you really, really want to talk about. But at least for me as a writer, it's really... I can't say that my creativity comes from within me all of the time. If I were to rely on that, that would be, like I said insustainable another analogy that I can point to though I don't know how there I go I'm already having my censor censor my words before I even say them but another analogy that I can think of is um I was listening to this podcast about love and and relationships and it's these two people that are trying to find love but they're figuring out um their own <laughs> their own inhibitions that are that are not allowing them to find love and and this one guy talks about how um he wants to have those butterflies and and have that you know passion for somebody and I believe in that I love passion I I have a very um beautiful relationship with my partner my boyfriend and um uh, a therapist on this podcast tells this person that as much as a, a passion or or um or a butterfly feeling might start a relationship that simply will not last a whole relationship. You're not always going to want to, you know, jump your partner's bones or or think that, oh, wow, like, let's do something great and spontaneous today. That's just, that's not what happens, um, especially not for the rest of your life. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it was interesting to, to make those connections between the creator and the creative, so to speak. So yeah, um, like I said, I, I think I said, um, I began trying to do the morning pages this week. Um, it didn't work out for me so much. Um, I think 
one of the things that I'm learning with this book in particular, as well as just with myself, especially in this quarantine, is that I need to hold myself accountable, but at the same time be flexible. Um, so like it said, like I said earlier, that uh, one of the quotes is that the morning pages are non-negotiable. And I'm understanding that a little bit more now. I'm understanding the, um, the reasoning of why that is. Because after I do the morning pages, I did it twice this week. After I did the morning pages, I felt really good. I felt way more productive and more sustainably productive than I had in a long time. Um, uh, however, um, because of quarantine and because of my situation particularly, I am the most able-bodied, probably, yeah, the most able-bodied and, and functioning person in my house to be able to go do certain tasks um my little sister as I said is pregnant so it's always just a matter of working from home while also taking care of my family so a lot of the time when I wake up I you know make myself some coffee I go do some work um and I usually either have to do work or go run an errand or take my dog out and and then I get caught up in those activities that by the time I realize oh I need to do my morning pages it's like 1 or 2 p.m and then it's 1 or 2 p.m and I'm like oh I haven't done them maybe I'll just try again for tomorrow but I think now I'm kind of learning that even if it's 1 or 2 p.m and I'm like ah, oh, I have like 30 minutes to an hour should I do it I should just go ahead and do it because that's what's gonna work for me right now um you know Julia Cameron didn't write this during the time of coronavirus <laughs> this happened well before coronavirus but I you know I think these are great tools and I think especially as artists we need to remind ourselves that these tools are here for us to use however we want and however is best for us and I think I forget that a lot of the time especially with technique and Chekhov versus viewpoints versus any other technique I, I it can feel like oh these are the these are the rules that they've set so I need to follow them exactly and this is how it's going to work the best for me and that's not true that's simply not true we're all different people um and in my situation I think that morning pages will do better for me as long as I just remember to do them every day at first and then, you know, strive to do them every morning. So yeah. Um, and the second part of the artist's way is the artist date. And I think this is probably um, one of my favorite aspects of this whole thing, mainly because this is something I will dutifully do. I am such I'm an extrovert, I really am. This quarantine has been really difficult for me, but I love the one or two hours I can get to myself. Um, and the way that I usually do that, especially in quarantine now, is going on drives just anywhere with no end goal in sight. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do. I've loved it since I was a kid. Um, and that really comes, well, backstory, that, that really comes from being in love with Christmas and and one thing my family would do every Christmas um or Christmas Eve I guess um my mom would take us driving on Christmas Eve to see all of the Christmas lights that were in our neighborhood and we'd go do that for like an hour or two and come back home but it was it's my favorite thing to go look at houses and and to drive into new places drive to the beach just a couple of weeks ago I drove all the way to Malibu up PCH and 
it was a beautiful drive just to be able to go up there ended up turning on some streets so I can overlook on the cliffs to see the whole ocean it's my favorite 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 activity to do during quarantine I really highly recommend that you go on drives at least once a week that's what I've been trying to do at least every Friday or Saturday um but I think the artist day is a great thing because the way Julia Cameron um, describes it, and here's a quote directly from the book, is an artist date is a block of time, perhaps two hours weekly, especially set aside and committed to nurturing your creative consciousness, your inner artist. In its most primary form, the artist date is an excursion, a play date that you pre-plan and defend against all interlopers. You do not take anyone on this artist date, but you and your inner artist, aka your creative child. And my favorite, favorite, favorite um, quote from this book. Um, Let's take a look. Yes, great. So it says, your artist is a child. Time with a parent matters more than money spent. Um, She makes this amazing analogy of a child of a divorced parent. So let's say that your inner artist is this child and you're the divorced parent. As much as you would like to spend time with other people, whether it's a new partner or or other friends, it's important that you make time with your child. Otherwise, your child will feel like that they're um, not worthy of your time or they might feel neglected. Um, And so as much as you would like to bring your child to other excursions with other people, it's important to... Um, separate time for that child and so I think that it's just a great concept Um, whenever I go on my drives um, my favorite part is being able to listen to music and just dance in my car wherever I am and that's something my inner child loves 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 to do or even just make time to stop the music and the podcast and and just think and look outside and and spend some docile time thinking and 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 letting my brain wander places so yeah um let's see are there any more quotes from this part that I really want to let you guys know Mm. (laughs) you are likely to find yourself avoiding your artist states recognize this resistance as fear of intimacy self-intimacy So if you are one of those people that that are not so sure about setting time away from yourself, just just think about why that might be, you know. I think for me particularly, there was a point in time where it was really difficult for me to sit down with myself in a quiet place. Sometimes there still is. Um, That really happened a lot for me after I lost my sister. So it that was remedied more when I went away to England for a while. Um, (laughs) The university that I went to at the time, we only went to classes about two or four hours out of the week. So the rest of the time we were spent inside either doing homework and watching TV or hanging out, um, making food. I was with my boyfriend a lot of the time, but there was so much time that I spent alone in my dorm room And it was time that I needed because at the time I really did not have the capacity to process what had happened to me and my family. And I I say this all the time, but 
that time in England helped heal me more than I ever could have in the time that I would have spent here in Los Angeles where things are, are really busy and, and I have responsibilities here. I have people that I need to look after. So just recognize that in yourself. Maybe there's a reason if, if you are nervous about these artist dates, maybe there's a reason that is and, and really look at those things. Um, and, you know, make the commitment to, to create these artist dates with yourself. Um, in order to have a real relation, this is also a quote, in order to have a real relationship with our creativity, we must take the time and care to cultivate it. Our creativity will use this time to confront us, to confide in us, to bond with us, and to plan. So yeah, um, she also talk, talks about how these artist dates help us fill a well, like stocking the pond. Um, and what she means by that is, when you take this time to foster your creativity, it kind of goes um, in this little area in the back of your head, right? Um, so, I don't know, think about that one poem that you have written in your book or, or that one line you might have written in your laptop or some idea that you have in the back of your head somewhere and you kind of have it back there because you think it might be useful another time, but it wasn't useful for whatever project you were doing at the time. Um, and so that's what she kind of talks about. She uh, says that certain images and symbols um, are stocked somewhere deep in the back of our mind when we create these artist dates with ourselves. We, we stockpile different um, forms of information that we'll be able to use later in our creative lives. This is a quote. As artists, we must learn to be self-nourishing. We must become alert enough to consciously replenish our creative resources as we draw on them, to restock the trout pond, so to speak. This process is called filling the well. Filling the well involves the active pursuit of images to refresh our artistic reservoirs. The language of art is image, symbol. It is a wordless language, even when our very art is to chase it with words. The artist's language is a sensual one, a language of felt experience. So how do we fill the well? We feed it with images. In filling the well, think magic, think delight, think fun. Do not think duty. Do not think of what you should do, spiritual sit-ups like a reading, but uh, <laughs> spiritual sit-ups like reading, a dull but recommended critical text. Do what intrigues you, explore what interests you. Think mystery, not mastery. Which I think is a really great way of comparing it I think a lot of the time we can often I know I often do this I'll think about texts that I should be reading because they're probably helpful to keep in somewhere in the back of my creative mind um, but there are texts that I want to be reading so for example um, there's a book I bought on audible called um, free play by Stephen uh, what is his name Stephen neck neck oh it's right here Stephen Nakmanovich. Um, and I bought that book a while back because I heard other people say that you should read it. It's a great resource for an artist. And I thought, oh, cool. Like, it sounds great. Like, maybe I should read it because, you know, I'm an actor and it would probably help. And then I started reading it or listening to it. And it was definitely one of those books that I should have bought instead of listened to because it's really hard to listen to something that feels very textbook. But there is this book that I really really love and it's called Rain of Gold um it's right here right next to me by 
Victor Villaseñor, and it's this book I've been slowly reading over the past year. My mother gave it to me, um, and she loves it, and I love it, and one of the reasons that I love it is because it has this beautiful way of showing um, magical realism, which is so prevalent in so much of Mexican culture, Hispanic culture particularly, and Hispanic storytelling, and the more that I read it, the more that I think of my family. And the deeper I get into that, the deeper I, f- I find this sense of identity as an artist that I never really knew. I mean, there's so much that I do know about myself as an artist, but the more that I dive into my identity, the better I feel as an artist. And I think with Julia Cameron's kind of assistance, it really helps me understand that the things that I'm drawn to are the things that I should follow, you know, deeper, not wider. As much as I would like to cast a wider net and feel like I'm, you know, I have a hand in a bunch of different concepts, if I just follow what makes me joyous and happy, I think I'll find a deeper appreciation and a deeper understanding that I can further translate into my art. So, so yeah, that's basic tools. It ends with a contract that says, I blank understand that I am undertaking an intensive guided encounter with my own creativity. I commit myself to the 12-week duration of the course. I blank commit to weekly reading, daily morning pages, a weekly artist date, and the fulfillment of each week's task. I blank further understand that this course will raise issues and emotions for me to deal with. I blank commit myself to excellent self-care, adequate sleep, diet, exercise, and pampering for the duration of the course. And then you got to sign it and date it. Um, I signed this back in March. Um, And I think I'm going to re-sign it for today, which is May 11th, 2020. And, you know, I think I'm just going to remember these things. Remember the things that inspire me, but at the same time hold myself accountable to routine and be flexible with myself. So, I mean, that's really it for this week. I'm excited to officially start next week. Um, and actually, one of the things I do want to finish with is um, she talks about the the contract that, you know, you sign just a little bit, just literally the page before this. And there's maybe like less than a paragraph left right after the contract. But she talks about how... Um, to create like a ritual for yourself for this contract so um, if you are following with the artist's way with the artist's way um, go ahead and make this a ritual one thing that I did is I went and bought a notebook for this and it's been sitting right next to my bedside for a while and I'm excited to you know I mean I use the first two days worth but I'm, I'm really excited to make it a practice to sit with my journal every day and you know, do my morning pages, continue my artist dates and and find a deeper love for myself and, and intimacy and create more images to add to my artistic pool, so to say. So yeah, buy a notebook. Um, If you're trying to figure out something to do for your artist date, go get a blanket designated for picnicking. Um, I think I'm going to try to keep a blanket in my car because as much as I really don't want to be around people, I think it's a good idea to make some time for myself to be outside. So yeah, that's this first week. 
um, next chapter is officially week one and one of us will be covering it. I think it's, I don't know if it's Matt or Natalie, I have no idea, but yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to rate and review us and follow us on our Instagram um we are available obviously on spotify apple google podcasts or wherever you decide to get your podcasts and yeah i'm sorry i couldn't give you more of my experience um but i'm learning a lot about how to get back into my craft and i hope you will be too i'll check in with y'all at the end of the month and and then we'll be back for a second episode with me um concerning the artist's way next month. Bye, y'all.